Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Good morning, faithful listener. This is your host, Jen. Thanks for tuning into this episode this morning. And I want to know, how is your guys' Christmas rush going? All of December is just sort of crazy for me, usually. Every single year, actually. It's just really crazy because there's always like Christmas programs happening. There's always something we're doing at the church, several different Christmassy kind of things. And then I have the Christmas party with my college and career group that I plan. And uh, obviously just Christmas with um, my husband, and then my family also. So Christmas is always just super busy. So how is your guys' Christmas going? Contact me, because don't forget, I love to hear from you guys. You'll find my contact information in the bio of this podcast episode. But let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10 through 20 today. I know we discussed verse 10 the other day when we talked about this same portion, but I'd like to talk about it again because it does segue very nicely into this second portion of scripture. So let's read Deuteronomy 8. Once again, that is 10 through 20. I'll be reading out the W.E.B as I always do. Feel free to grab the version you prefer to read out of and read along with me. And also don't forget to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea as we sit down and read scripture together. You shall eat and be full and you shall bless Yahweh your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware lest you forget Yahweh your God in not keeping his commandments, his ordinances, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built fine houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and when your silver and your gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart might be lifted up, and you might forget Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness with venomous snakes and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who poured water for you out of the rock of flint, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers didn't know, that he might humble you and that he might prove to you to do you good at your latter end. And lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But you shall remember Yahweh your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is today." It shall be if you shall forget Yahweh your God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you today that you shall surely perish. As the nations that Yahweh makes to perish before you, so you shall perish because you wouldn't listen to Yahweh your God's voice. On Monday, we talked about the first portion of Deuteronomy 8, which was all about forgetting God. And now this second portion talks about what happens after you forget God. So there's three things that happen before the destruction of a nation. And uh, Moses literally lays it out right here. First, the people start to forget God. Secondly, the people become prideful. And thirdly, they start worshiping other gods. And then the destruction of a nation begins to happen. And I mean, man, we can see that all throughout ancient history, that same thing happening with the Israelites. And unfortunately, we can see it right now happening here in America. And let me tell you why. (laughs) So for the most part, America started out as a Christian nation, even though there were some issues in place, and I'm not going to argue about those issues. America was founded on Christian 
principles and Christian ideologies for the most part. So the people who came to America at the very beginning did not forget God because they had fled the oppression of you know, Europe and the kings that were going on at that time came over to America and uh, founded themselves a whole new country where they could worship God freely in the way they wanted to worship God. But over the past, I would say about 100 years since approximately the 1920s, the American people have begun to forget about God to the point where we are no longer considered to be a Christian nation. Everybody nowadays is doing their best to totally remove Christianity from America completely. They're trying to overturn any kind of Christian laws that we have. They're trying to overturn anything that might be regarded as mostly Christian. This includes Christmas. This includes Thanksgiving. I mean, that's the thing about Thanksgiving. If you guys listen to the episode I did on Thanksgiving, I talked about how that was a completely 100% Christian holiday. It was established as a Christian holiday in 1863. It had literally nothing to do with the pilgrims who came over to America at all. This was a totally separate holiday that was founded in 1863 by President Lincoln, who declared a national day of thanksgiving to God during the middle of the horrific civil war that was going on. Lincoln believed that we needed a day, a national day of thanksgiving. Hence why Thanksgiving became a holiday. No one teaches us that. We always just get taught about the, uh, you know, cultural appropriation of Thanksgiving and all this other stuff. We don't get taught the true origins of Thanksgiving, which was in 1863, Lincoln established a day of Thanksgiving to our God. So, I mean, it's just stuff like that. And then just the fact that they're trying to take the word Christ out of Christmas and, and make it, you know, the holidays or whatever. I don't know what they're going to try to rename it next, but uh, they're trying to rename Christmas. They're trying to remove any kind of Christian element from Christmas that there is because people are continuing to forget God. They don't want anything to do with God. They are being anti-God. So now we see this whole movement of pride, just in general. I'm not even just talking about um, the gay pride movement. I'm talking about pride in anything, pride in your race, pride in your identity, pride in who you are and your career and uh, your just your identity in general. We see so much pride, right? Everybody is prideful. <laughs> And it's, it's lauded as a great thing. Yes, have your pride. That is an excellent thing. But that's the problem. Right after pride comes the fall. That is literally a verse. Pride comes before destruction. That is a verse in Proverbs that is very accurate. So unfortunately, we see this exact decline that is happening that Moses stated thousands and thousands of years ago. And then people want to claim that the Bible is not relevant to today when this is literal prophecy that uh, Moses is stating here. And yes, not to be a complete Debbie Downer, but I do think that uh, America is not going to be able to maintain the level of depravity that it currently has come to. I just believe that. I don't know what's going to happen. I know God is extremely merciful. I know God does say that he's going to protect people who follow him. And uh, maybe we won't see anything in our lifetime, but I don't think that America can for very long maintain this level of pride in achievements and identity and accomplishments 
and forgetting God completely and trying to take God out of stuff completely before America sees some level of destruction happening, because that's what it says is it's going to happen here. Destruction is going to come. Here's what it says in verse 19. It shall be if you shall forget. So in other words, if you choose to forget Yahweh, your God and walk after other gods. And I mean, here's the thing. That's what's happening now. Also, we see now with the movement of uh, pride in self that we are beginning to worship that kind of stuff. One of the things I mentioned a while back was the amount of flags we have for everything. We have a flag for everything now. It's like we're putting our image on this flag and using that as a tool of, you know, something to worship. But yeah, you can definitely see how America is walking after other gods, even though they're not carving idols that we're bowing down and worshiping to. We are, in a sense, bowing down and worshiping things that are not Yahweh God. And here's what it says after this. Walk after other gods. We see that happening and serve them and worship them. I mean, a lot of self-serving happening, a lot of self-worship happening now, a lot of uh, worship of other people happening right now. In general, we're just worshiping people and self, I think, in America. And I'm sorry if I'm getting too political here with you guys, but it's just when I see something so completely mirroring what's going on in America nowadays, I have to call it out because, I mean, this is so true. We have forgotten God. We're not blessing God. And I mean, we are worshiping self. We can't, you can't deny that. We really are. When we see all these movements for whatever, we are worshiping ourselves and we are worshiping other people and other nationality. We're just worshiping everything that isn't Yahweh God right now. And then here's what verse 19 says. Moses says, when you start doing these things, when you walk after other gods, when you serve them, when you worship them, I testify against you today that you shall surely perish. So God doesn't take this stuff lightly, and we shouldn't either. As Christians, we shouldn't be taking the amount of pride that's going on in America right now lightly, because this is serious. This is affecting our children. This is affecting our nation. This is affecting ourselves. And on top of that, we're totally forgetting God, God who established America. We're forgetting him. I mean, really, America is is a beautiful country, and it is filled with so much freedom. We have so much in America, yet we're forgetting God and everything that God did for us and all the blessings that even now we still have in America. We're forgetting all these things to to walk after things that we think are better. You know, I just took a, uh, <laughs> maybe I'm really fired up about this right now because I just took a, a trip out to um, the Ark, the Ark Museum and the Creation Museum down in Kentucky. I mean, wow, those are some awesome museums. Very beautiful. The Ark was just amazing. Like that was a feat of engineering marvel, in my opinion. (laughs) It was just so good. And just being able to go on there and just see how the animals could have fit in the Ark, just the way the waste was removed and just the thought and amount of information that they put into this Ark Museum. It was amazing in my opinion. And then same with the Creation Museum. I, I actually went to the Creation Museum like six years ago. I've been to both attractions three times now. And the Creation Museum has been updated since the last time I was there because I went there about five or six years ago. And it's really, really nice. Like I remembered the Creation Museum before being nice, but it was very dated, I thought. 
they really updated it. They really did a lot with the Creation Museum. So if you haven't been there in a few years, I recommend going back. It's it's very different now. But um, anyway, I'm fired up because the Answers in Genesis, the, the organization that made those two attractions, are just so unafraid to tell the truth. They're so unafraid to tell the truth. And they're doing it in a very spectacular way, in my opinion. Not angrily, not in a mean way, but just in a very logical and easy to swallow way. And I felt convicted because I'm like, man, like, I, I have a tendency to be very, um, <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to rock the boat too much typically. But I felt convicted after going to the Ark and the Creation Museum because I'm like fired up and I'm just like, this is awesome what this organization is doing. I mean, this is awesome how they're spreading the gospel and telling the truth the way they are and being unafraid to tell the truth is just amazing. And like more Christians need to be like this. And so I took that trip with my college and career group. And so on the ride back home, we actually had that discussion like more Christians need to be unafraid and also um, very out in the open with their beliefs. Because if we aren't, unfortunately, we're going to continue to see this decline in our society the way Moses states here. We're going to see this decline. So Christians need to stand up and stop being afraid. And we need to start telling the truth more to more people. Because unfortunately, America and many of the uh, Western, much of the Western culture is uh, in a in a very dark place right now. Like we don't have a lot of truth. So we need to, as Christians, spread that truth more widely so that people who truly crave it and want it are going to be able to find it. So let's see here what verse 16 and 17 says. Basically, 16 talks about how God fed the Israelites with the manna. He was humbling the Israelites by having them go through the wilderness, a place that was not fun or comfortable, but he was humbling them during that time. Here's what verse 16 says. He might prove to you to do you good at your latter end, and lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But you shall remember Yahweh your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is today. So it's God that gives us what we have. It's God that helps us accomplish things. It's God that gives us power to win awards, to find success in our careers. It is God who gives us the ability to make wealth. It's not us doing these things. It's God giving us that power. And I believe this still applies to this day. I believe that God is truly behind America's success. I believe God is behind the success that we see in, in the individuals around us. I believe God has a hand in everybody making wealth. It is God that gives us that ability to make wealth. And unfortunately, a lot of times we squander that because don't forget this, uh, this key word here, power, or depending on what version you're reading, it might say ability, but God gives us the power to get wealth. So we can't just squander it. He gives us the power to do it. He might not just throw wealth in our laps. We have the power to go out and to create that wealth, but it is God that gives us that power. So we need to be humble. We need to recognize that it was God all along giving us that ability to make wealth. And we have to remember that everything we have 
comes from God completely. So yes, I think this is just a good lesson here in general to just not be prideful because pride is basically the worst sin that you can have. I mean, that's that's like God's number one sin that he hates. <laughs> like pride is a really, really bad sin. And it's it's technically the first sin. They say that Satan was the one who sinned first because he had pride in his heart after God made him the most beautiful angel. And Satan believed himself to be better than God. And so he fell because pride goes before destruction. So pride ain't a good quality. We don't want pride. And let's do our best to remove it from our lives as much as we possibly can. And I think the best way to do that is to just be open to criticism. Just be open to listening and to hearing God's word. Be open to criticism in your own life. And that's a really hard one to learn. I don't like criticism either. (laughs) But it is something that I have learned to use as a helpful tool rather than an insult. It is a helpful tool for us to grow as individuals is to take criticism and to take it well. And then secondly is to just thank God daily. Just remember every day to just thank God for the things that you have. Thank you so much for giving me power to go out and to work today. Thanks for giving me strong legs. Thanks for giving me, you know, the money that I do have. Thank you for giving me the roof over my head. So yeah, I think those are two excellent ways that we can remove pride from our hearts and to begin to truly follow God as humble people that he wants us to be. Well, faithful listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode this morning. I hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, share the gospel, spread this podcast around, tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. Also, go over to the YouTube page because my uh, episode about Calvinism versus Arminianism is up. And I describe the difference between the two belief systems and where I fall personally. So yeah, go over to the YouTube page that is linked in the bio of this podcast episode and you can check out that. And friends and faithful listeners, I ask that you also check out some of the books that I have written and also there's a book that I illustrated last year for a friend of mine and it's called Encounters in John's Gospel. So actually, instead of linking my own books this time, I'm going to link that one. You can see some of the illustrations that I made in that book and you can follow along through the book of John. And uh, my friend, he's a he's a doctor of theology and he's a very good friend of mine that I've known for many years. He's a piano player and he plays piano at my church. And so, yeah, I think you guys will like that book. Check that one out. But as always, I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless. God bless.